I'm Nicole, I'm the mom. And I'm Mira, and I'm the daughter. And this is Adulting But Not Grown Up, and today we thought we'd talk about, should I have kids? Well, not me, because I've already had one, because here you are. You had at least one. <laughs> I do have six siblings, so at least some of those are from you. <laughs> that is true. Um, so yeah, I did a little bit of looking, and uh, in Canada, where we are, 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. And it costs approximately a quarter of a million dollars to raise a child from birth to 18. Yes, it does. Although, it's not like that's all in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you have a child and they're like, okay, here's your quarter of a million payment. Yeah. I always find it weird when you see, like, financial people on, you know, TV and radio and stuff and they're mm -hmm. like, well, you have to, you know, save up to have a child and stuff like that. Well, 50% of them are unplanned. That's not happening for sure. And I would say even with the planned ones, I would doubt that people do that because like really I think it's more stability that people search for rather than like a big lump savings bank yes. account when they're having a kid I know? would agree yeah that, you seems know. like a weird line to draw it does it's when you know when they say well it's gonna cost this much and there's and yes there's things there's diapers and daycare and you know all those things that are expensive but I mean you know you can plan plan in your budget but yeah you know, it's like buying a house. You just plan for your payments and your repairs. You don't plan to drop half a million dollars all in one go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I was looking at, like, the difference of mothers versus fathers. And there is still a big, I think, social stigma of the single mother definitely like lessening all the time but I think it's still there whereas like the single father is seen as the hero that he wow you came to your kid's ballet recital yeah I'm the parent what yeah do you expect me to not take my kid to the dentist I'm the only one <laughs> like, yeah but you <laughs> it know it's weird and I think it and especially if it's like the thing like an actual single father like the mother has like left died whatever yeah it's signed like, away rights isn't present he is left, just whatever. you know like a superhero that's mm -hmm. like what's he gonna do leave them on the sidewalk like you know I don't know it's just it's such a different imagine notion. imagine your wife dying and you immediately pull your phone out and look up how old the oldest kid you can leave at a fire station is or right. something and <laughs> be like well where's the closest orphanage that I can drop them off at yeah and yeah. it's like imagine imagine doing that and your kid being like but daddy I know my address you shut it you shut it up right now thank you <laughs> and you know, it's funny too. It's like, uh, for me, it I had such a like <clears throat> indescribable urge that I needed to have my well, my youngest daughter. Uh, that was just like years and years of like I like can't even explain the the need, the want, the need, and I could not understand other people that were like I'm done having kids. I'm like I can't even imagine what that feels like. Like it's mm. just I it's so like out there that I can't even imagine and then after she was born it was like huh I get it now I'm done. okay <laughs> I'm good where I would be like you know if I'd had another one after that it would have been fine but it was like that was just like I'm, I'm good now so it's weird and I don't know why that is like why it was and she was like the third one that I birthed so it's not like it you know that she was the only one like why why was three why was it like 
I just needed that third one. And Every then it woman was like, just gets huh. that dice roll where that magic yeah. number is the cap. <laughs> like for one, some people it's one, and for some people it's like eight. Like yeah, Michelle Buckard. Oh, right. <laughs> some people it's nineteen, twenty-two, or however many she's at now. So yeah, that that was just a weird, um, a weird thing. And I guess the other thing that's that I really notice now is the real societal pressure to have children of, you know, like I have coworkers or whatever that have been married in the last few years and stuff like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. and don't have kids yet and things like that or whatever, whatever they're doing. And I just hear the, you know, the chatter. Oh, so when are you and, you know, new spouse going to start a family? And if the answer is, well, we haven't decided if we're having kids yet, the response is, oh, you'll change your mind. You'll, How freaking condescending, them. man. And like, it's right? just like, what if they don't? That's totally fine to choose to not. But it's such a, like, a given of, like, when are you starting a family? I think it's weird that people frame it as, like, one, a bad thing, and two, is selfish for not having kids. Because, one, it's 100% selfish to not want to have kids sometimes. And that's totally freaking okay. If your reason for not wanting to have kids is, I want a disposable income and be able to go on vacation whenever I feel like it great reason I'm behind you 100%. Well, it can also be entirely selfless to not want to have kids, I know. too, because you you know you that's not for you. Mm-hmm. You can doing know it, that you, you wouldn't make a good parent, or that's not for you, or you're, you wouldn't be interested, you wouldn't, like, you know, some people are like, I want a kid, I want to teach them everything, I want to, you know, mm-hmm. I want to show them the world and share all my favorite things with them, and some people are like, I could not be fucked to do that, man. <laughs> right? So it's, yeah, and it's just, um, it, it's just a weird thing of, like, it's weird that children are seen as um, an opt-out situation rather than an opt-in one. Yes, Children that should is be true. a firm opt-in. You are bringing a child into the world that, again, you got to teach them everything. If you, like, miss something, then you just, like, have an eight-year-old that doesn't know bread is made out of grains or how to tie their shoes or something. Like, you can miss the randomest frickin' stuff and end up with a dumbass kid, okay? <laughs> like... But 50% of them are unplanned, so clearly the opt-in clearly. thing is not happening for a good portion of the population. But in Canada, we also have access to abortion. Yes. So it's not like you get pregnant and you have no choices, now you have to have a child. Right, We That's have true. We have, like, a pretty decent foster care system, an okay adoption system and stuff, like, you know. Yeah. It's not like we just, like, send them to a building in the middle of the forest and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind situation. And I do know people that regret having kids. Oh yeah, definitely. That have said to me, like, if I knew then what I know now, I never would have had kids. And not that they don't love their children, because that's a totally different thing. They, it's, regretting parenthood is different than regretting the actual children. Like, they love their children, but they just feel very oppressed by that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And they feel, and sometimes like, it's a feeling of being trapped and, you know, their life comes at the expense of their kid's life and that kind of thing. And yeah, I have had people say that to me before of like, I regret, I regret having children. And I think that's like a brave thing to say out loud Mm -hmm. because I would imagine that that is not, a lot of people would not. A lot of people think that that is, I hate my kids. Yeah. And that's not at all what they're saying. It's just the, the, you know, it's just that feeling of of oppression i think of being of being yeah and i think a lot of times older people who have children and want younger people to have kids you know they they really like 
rose-colored glasses it yes. up. It's, like, we're very romanticized, mm-hmm. and it's not a lot of, like, if you don't sleep for four months, you're lucky. <laughs> like, yes, yes. People just aren't realistic about what actually having children is like, and I think if more people were honest about it, people would be more prepared for what's going on. But when you just hear about, like oh, babies are just so easy. I just stuck your mom straight into a dresser drawer from your grandma for, like, 17 years, and it's, like, you know, it, it's it's framed differently in your head, and you see it differently, and when everyone's telling you how great it is and that they'll help and everything, and then you have a baby, and your sister has disappeared, and your mother doesn't answer your texts anymore, <laughs> and you have no assistance that was promised to you. Like They all want to see the cute yeah. baby for half an hour, and then it's like, okay, yeah. Well, and the, it's that whole thing of, too, of, like, it's the most important job you'll ever have. You'll feel unfulfilled in your life yeah, until you have a, children. It's so and condescending. It is condescending, and you don't know that person, and just because that's the case for the person saying it doesn't mean it's that they should Maybe project that onto everybody Maybe you're very fulfilled by your else. art, man. Maybe kids aren't it for you. Or whatever. You want to just go be the best lawyer you can be, or whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, and that's that fulfills you completely. Yeah. And Raising plus a lot of human like, doesn't have to be the the thing but it's society really frames it that way it's that whole motherhood and apple pie and you know like it's all it's the canadian american dream (laughs) the the mission you know the sanctity of motherhood and yes Mm -hmm. all that sort of thing plus also women tend to have the issue where they um they tend to lose their personhood after mm-hmm. becoming a parent, at least for a little while. Yes. Where having, like, at least a newborn and a toddler, it doesn't, you know, you're not Janine anymore or whatever. You're mom, you're mommy, you're, that's what you're doing full time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, that division of labor is uneven. And yes. You know, in some cases it has to be, because, like, breastfeeding takes, like, hours a week it's basically a full-time job that Mm -hmm. you're doing when you're breastfeeding a child Mm -hmm. and unless you're pumping full-time your husband can't help with that you know like he he can't do those things but that doesn't mean that the division of labor has to continue to be unequal because he can pick up slack in other areas because you are spending 30 hours a week feeding a freaking baby man (laughs) like it's it is work it's tiring from what i understand yes and it can burns a lot of calories um, yeah it can be very consuming yeah yeah you know what when i nurse i break out in a sweat and my heart races like i'm running a marathon i lose so much weight when i'm nursing yeah i mean you were basically like pre-baby weight like two weeks after you gave birth after you were born i was like i weighed less i went to 98 pounds i was less than 100 pounds (laughs) Because I couldn't, I it would just break out in the sweat, and I could feel my heart like boop 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 boop. And I'd just like to clarify for everyone that we're me. both about five foot two, a hundred pounds is not deathly underweight for either no. of us. Just to clarify, but I could take my jeans on and off without undoing the button. <laughs> so, and people kept saying, "You're getting too skinny. You have to gain some weight." And I'm like, "I can't because I gotta feed this thing." And <laughs> then my body sees that as a full on exercise. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, it was and I imagine weird. my dad wasn't very helpful. Um, <laughs> I, just, I have to imagine. <laughs> you know, and I think another uh, like thing too is that there's really the perception out there that you know that maternal instinct is innate mm, yeah, and that it's just going to come out when you have your you kid. know unconditional and you know it's just but men are treated kind of like dum dums where what he knows I'll how to change a case. diaper you know like. 
you know, things like that where it's yeah. like, oh, you'll just know what to do is what's said to, to women a yeah. lot. Whereas men basically get like the trunk of fatherhood books. So I will well, I will bring over the bookcase and here I've got all the chapters flagged for you about how to do things. Yeah, but even still, and it's like when it, when it's like, oh, look at he's rocking the baby to sleep. Like, what a, oh, wow, what he's, a superhero! He's again. so good. I also hate the thing when it's like when people call dads looking after their kids, especially alone, babysitting. Oh, it's that called me parenting. Crazy. It's called watching your own freaking kid, man. Is not babysitting. That is just raising a child. <laughs> Unless your wife pays you to watch your <laughs> exactly. own kids like a 16 year old that's dollars so i go to the grocery store by myself yeah that's that's not what you're doing man you are uh it's a thing called parenting you kind of signed up for it when you one decided to marry your wife two agreed to have children three performed the act in which to have those children <laughs> right right yeah so yeah that always just sort of sort of irritated me um yeah, and then the other thing I kind of like read a lot about is um, regret over having <clears throat> kids. Just the the sort of the the split of genders with that too, where it's like if it's a a woman who says she regrets having kids, they're called selfish and unnatural and cold and whiners and things like that. Whereas liberal feminazi women, <laughs> whereas men who regret it and walk away they might be judged but they're not considered a bad person in the same way as a woman is considered bad mother equals bad person mm -hmm. you know they might people might be like oh, well that guy like you know left his kids or whatever but it's like those two things are not connected for a man the way they are for a woman mm -hmm. where it's all sort of an all being a bad parent isn't seen as like a huge character flaw for men. It's not yes. seen as like an intrinsic personality issue that you have. Right. Where it is for, for women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read a thing about um, in 1975, Ann Landers, you know, the um, advice columnist lady of mm -hmm. old, um, wrote, wrote a thing of saying if you had to do it over, would you have children? And she had over 10,000 responses and 70% said no. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And obviously that's like a flawed um, thing because you're only getting, you know, people that want to write to Ann Landers. The only answering. reviews you ever see are the people that are thrilled with the product or yeah. very, very upset with it. <laughs> That's exactly right. But it's still, it's like different studies, they, they figured that somewhere around 3 to 8% people regret it. But people are still sort of conditioned to respond that they don't regret it. Like that's not yeah. an easy, even, even if it's like a you know, they're doing a scientific blind study, your name won't be mentioned, I think still people have a hard time saying that they regret it, or even fully voicing that or realizing it, yeah. even if they do, because it makes it real. Because it's very, it's just, it's so against the societal norms. Mm -hmm. You should have this baby and just feel wonderful and lovely and have this instant bond, by the way, which I did not have with any three of them at birth, where it's like, people said, Oh, and the baby's born, and then you just feel this instant bond. I mean, I thought, huh, that was the weirdest experience I've ever had, and this baby's cute, but I don't know this person, it's a stranger. Right? So, I, I like babies are feel... cute so that you do care about them, so I feel like maybe people are lying about the bond thing. I did not feel that. And you know what? Actually, I remember talking to um, a relative who had. Um, let's see. How, well, 
she, kids like I don't know what maybe ten years older than you or something like that. And anyway, and uh, her saying to me about how she didn't have that bond and like confiding like she felt like such a horrible mother because mm. she didn't feel that bond at birth that everybody's like telling you she like she's just a pedestrian of crosswalk. Right, she once. was like just. <laughs> you know she's telling me in like hushed tones kind yeah. of thing and I'm like neither did I it's a complete stranger why would you feel an instant bond with that person yeah. I mean you know you grow to like them over the next couple of weeks and then and you're you really like excited like them. to meet them and stuff yes. because like you have this anticipation of like there's exactly. a kid growing inside of you and you can like feel them moving around and stuff and you're kind of like yeah. I'm excited to know you as a person but they're not a person yet they're not out there in the you world doing them. stuff Maybe your baby's gonna be a jerk I don't know <laughs> but yeah, right some of them were but I would say it was like um, I don't know maybe a week ish to a week ish to, to two weeks kind of thing before I felt that like fully like okay this is my child bonded to it and whatever mm-hmm. it was her and she was like just floored because nobody had ever told her said that to her before she thought no she was the only was one okay yeah and that she just had felt horrible for like the first what however many years of this kid's life like eight years it had been or whatever 10 mm-hmm. years to that she just wasn't this you know that she didn't have that instant bond so something was wrong and it was like no I think that's totally normal it's it's a very surreal weird experience so you know you're kind of like not even in your head at the time because it is so surreal a human being has just come out of your body like it's, yeah. it's and very like, science fiction when you think about it it's very alien movie um and i mean like in modern day you're conscious for it like they keep you awake for a c-section you're yeah. a- awake and aware and stuff yeah grandma was not for all pregnancies and births from what i understand so I like so that like, must have been weird. You woke up and they handed you a baby. Yeah, that must have been even more surreal. Imagine going yeah. from pregnant and then just like getting handed a baby and not being pregnant. For some people, that must have really messed with them mentally. Oh, where they're like, I "This isn't my." That must be where all the changeling myths came from. Honestly, I think that that's um, <laughs> what why they don't do that anymore because so many women reported having this like such a disconnect mm-hmm. from you. You go pregnant and then you wake up and there's a baby, like that you don't because you don't go through that process consciously it's like it, it's a and I think it's very it can be very damaging for for some people I had this friend who um, oh I know the story don't I <laughs> what, the changeling thing well I thought you were gonna tell the story about your friend that <laughs> cried while giving birth under anesthetic and they were like oh no she's awake oh yeah this is the same person <laughs> okay okay so she had two incidents <laughs> and they, I'm trying to think I think this was all with the same kid so yeah Okay, so they, weird kid. It's oh yeah, kid's no, fault. it was it was the same kid. So the same baby. So she, um, yeah, they did the knocked her out because this was like however many years ago, but knocked her out and um, she could feel everything mm-hmm. as they did the C-section yeah. and could not move or speak. Biggest nightmare, everybody. But, Anyways, <laughs> right? How did that not like just completely traumatize you? But she could feel. She said it was like excruciatingly painful. She could feel everything, but she couldn't talk move anything like that and then someone said it's a girl and she smiled and then the anesthesiologist was like oh balls she's up everybody and and then they knocked her fully out but yeah yeah she was not out then then what happened was she wakes up you know they they bring her her baby and whatever Mm -hmm. and she nurses the baby and the baby is like a hoover like just nursing right away and just like full suction for us right mm-hmm. and so you know she's checking her baby out and blah 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 and 
and then they take the baby to give it a bath and whatever and then they bring the baby back and she's like they had it to her and she's like uh this isn't my baby and they were like oh yes it is Sounds I know silly, it's mommy. been a tough day but that's your, your baby and she's like this isn't my baby like my baby had a lot of dark hair and this baby and they're like oh and they're just trying like like she's a real dummy and she so she's feeling like gaslit maybe <laughs> it is my baby I mean I was knocked out not that long ago you know and stuff and so she tries nursing the baby and the baby's like not figuring it out and she's like okay my baby was like knew what she was doing and was Immediately like a, just like yeah a, you know and she was like I and this nurse was just like totally acting like she was you know something was wrong with her because she wouldn't accept her baby and stuff like that and then this went on for she had this other baby that she was trying to nurse for like I mean not days or anything like an hour and then this other nurse came flying in and said oh my gosh I think the <laughs> babies got switched because her baby and this other baby had gone to get have baths and they took their little uh, ID bands off them while they bathed them and then oh put God. them back on the wrong babies. <laughs> like a nightmare, everybody. But, like, that could have gone horribly wrong because had she not been awake enough when she had her daughter the first time to notice that, oh, she's got this, you know, mm -hmm. skinny baby with this dark hair and she nurses like a vacuum cleaner and, you know, this kind of thing. Switch over uh, season one. Right? <laughs> right? So, That's yeah. you staring at me when I was born to make sure I wasn't switched oh, at birth I in totally the late 90s. I was no, like, you told me before that you did that you were like, okay, I'm looking at that. I know. These eyeballs. Okay, you got this yeah. weird little patch of hair over here. All right, got you eyeballs, I know. eyeballs. That I was like, I am looking for a distinctive characteristic. And Mira was born with um, this little patch of hair on her head that's like, I don't know what, maybe 20 hairs or something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's a small. Like 20, 30 hairs. But it's white. Baby. It's never had color since the day she was born. And, yeah. and it was like just this white um, yeah, thing. And I was like, Somebody's got a white patch of hair. Tiny little baby patch of poliosis. So as soon as they brought her back, it was like, geez, she's still the same baby. Okay. And then years later when I saw the movie um, The Sixth Sense and um, the, you know, crazy guy at the start of the movie that shoots Bruce Willis has the patch of white hair at the back of his head. And then um, Haley Joel Osment has the patch of white hair. And I was like, oh. No. Everybody with poliosis can see ghosts. You've heard it here first, can everybody. see dead people. But I don't think that was the case. Well, you did have some weird stuff. Uh, day, yeah, but. remember the like pointy claws monologue that I went on about all the people living in our apartment? You tell me about that sometimes. <laughs> yes. I think that maybe in your case the hair patch is meaningful. <laughs> this is my direct um, portal to the demon realm. Uh, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. I am um, Sabrina Spellman, everybody. And, okay, so what else did I find? Oh, actually, there's more depression among parents than childless people. <laughs> oh. It's higher. Uh, but, you know, there is a thing, too, of, like, it's very much, I think, of, of the time now where you are expected to provide every opportunity to your children mm -hmm. and do more with less, like... Your kid has to play baseball and soccer and ice skating and, um, you know, go to the library and, do, you know, like, take them on 
trips to Paris and so yeah. they can see the world. You know, you're expected to provide every opportunity and go without so that you can provide every opportunity because all the other kids are going to Paris this spring break, so you should take your kid to Paris this spring yeah. break. And it's very, um, there's a lot of, of pressure to be that kind of parent. Parenting. Yeah. And, you know, and so not only is it expensive, but very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Where I know my grandma told me that with her kids, she would every day from the day they were born put them in um uh oh what were those things called like the the, the lay down buggies the old fashioned kind mm. do you know what i mean yeah they're just called buggies sure let's go with that okay she put the baby in there and park it outside for two hours every day so she could have some alone time she couldn't hear them if they cried they were fine it was good for them to have fresh air and so she would just park them on the porch for two hours and sounds very juicy go about um. her but it was you know, in times past, it was not the thing. It was just, you know, you kid makes your own their own fun, and mm-hmm. you know, if four of them share a bed, that's okay, and everybody will be be just fine. But now you're expected to provide all these opportunities, and there's also a lot of a very opinionated people and a lot of judgment that goes along with the opinions for True. things like what you bottle fed your baby. Don't you know that formula is poison? Which it's not not going to hurt anybody. That is best, everyone. Thank you. If you choose not to, if you choose not to nurse, it's a very legitimate alternative. Mm-hmm. If you choose not to, or you can't, or whatever, because I have a friend who, when her first child was born, she tried nursing in the hospital, and after 10 minutes was like, nope, this, this isn't is for me, man. not for me, go by me. And the nurses refused. They would not bring her a formula mm-hmm. in a bottle. So she said to her husband, go buy formula in a bottle. Like, this isn't for me. I'm not doing it. And then what's interesting is in the town that we live, there's a like mommy baby, you know, mm-hmm. weekly meetup that's run by like the, I don't even know what it is, some sort of family services, family services type thing. Yeah. But it's called Breastfeeding Cafe. And you go there. I mean, it's under the thing about you can ask questions about breastfeeding. But I mean, I, I went to it with my youngest daughter and there was everything from thinking of getting a dog. What breed do you think I should get to, you know, like we just yeah. talked about whatever. But I always, that always bothered me that that's what it was because that excluded people who mm-hmm. didn't, couldn't, um, adopted, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, it, it bugged me. Like, why not just have a baby mommy I, thing? I read a story very recently actually online where a guy said that, um, in his home state of Utah, it, they basically have this program in a lot of hospitals where it's like baby milestones kind of thing that they need to meet to make sure that they're thriving and it's beyond mm-hmm. like the APGAR score thing mm-hmm. to make sure that your baby's well or whatever. And one of the like hallmark things is like your baby needs to be breastfeeding by the time you leave. They don't follow up afterwards. They don't care what you do after you go home, but you need to breastfeed while you're at the hospital and that's the rules. Mm-hmm. And this guy went in with his wife and after they had their child, the nurse handed to her the child and said, okay, it's time for you to try breastfeeding. I know it can be difficult sometimes. We can get you a lactation consultant if you need. We're totally here to support you. And she said, I'm, I actually can't breastfeed and I'm going to do formula. And she said, oh, I don't think you understand. Like, this is part of the hospital thing. You just need to do it while you're here. You can choose not to once you leave. That's totally fine. And she was just like, I actually had cancer several years ago and I had a double mastectomy. I'm physically unable to breastfeed. I can't do it. My body doesn't produce those things. Mm -hmm. And the nurse immediately started like admonishing her, telling her she was a terrible mother. Oh, well, if you can't even do this, are you sure you're really cut out for this? And her husband was like, 
well, the kid's already here. It's kind of yeah. late to be thinking about that lady. <laughs> like, and what does one have to do with the other? That's ridiculous. Like, or what if you adopt? That means yeah. your baby's at a severe disadvantage because oh, you, apparently. <laughs> you adopted the baby and you can't nurse it. That's crazy. Yeah. And I thought that was very weird. Like, the the idea behind it is great, but the execution was not really? it, fam. <laughs> well, you know what? I have another friend who, when she had her oldest child, she was like, yeah, I'm going to nurse, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed. And her newborn kept, like, losing weight every time mm-hmm. they would go for these weigh-ins and stuff. Did not sleep. Just screamed all the time. Mm-hmm. She hadn't showered in, like ages and was just like you know the baby's crying she's crying she's feeding him constantly but um you know he's losing weight and he's miserable and and they kept telling her just keep trying just keep going you'll get there just Uh keep you know and finally one night she's got this miserable skinny baby and she said to her husband "I i give up go buy a bottle and some formula like i just i need to sleep I can't do this. Like, I'm just, you know. Mm-hmm. So she, they do. Her husband brings back the stuff. They feed the baby. He slept for eight hours. And it turned out that, like, with breastfeeding, there's four milk and hind milk. And mm-hmm. the four milk is, like, sugary to get them to want to latch on. And then yeah. the hind milk has the fat. And she doesn't produce hind milk. So the baby was getting no nutrients, which is why he starving. kept losing. He was yeah. starving. And she, this is, so she's like, my poor baby, I've been starving him. Mm-hmm. And not knowing, because she's feeding him constantly. And every doctor's telling her it's fine. Just keep going. Just keep doing. Oh, it's it's normal for them to lose a little weight. Just keep going. And she hasn't slept, and this poor baby is starving, and it's screaming, and it was awful. And she was like, one bottle. And he was, like, happy and slept slept for eight hours. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Anyways, my point was, (laughs) there is just a lot of um, very opinionated people about, you know, that for one thing, or, you know, um, you know, Oh, a million things. Co-sleeping versus, um, you know, putting a baby in a crib or letting them cry it out when they wake up in the night versus attending to their every, you know, whimper or like, I mean, they're just any pick a topic, right? And, yeah. and you know, baby wearing versus stroller sure versus... the right thing down. And they, yes, and it, people are very opinionated about it and it's weird because I mean babies have been around for a long time and they didn't have you know strollers in the middle ages so you know it's just it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine as long as you're not doing something that is like harmful knowingly directly going to traumatize your child kind of thing then like it's whatever like every once in a while I read about like you know old parenting techniques like the blanket technique where you put your kid on a blanket and every time they try to leave the blanket you hit them so that they know <laughs> to stay the fuck there like that is horrifying why did people freaking do that apparently the duggars did that and that's why they're all so well behaved which oh. horrifies me um it's a way to go it's a way to get that done i guess very obedient <laughs> but the thing too is it's not like they were doing that out of meanness they, they wanted were, to make sure you were safe and staying where they needed you to be so yeah. that you would always, yeah. Because I mean, there's 47 of you running around. Exactly. they got to keep an eye on you and keep you all in your little square. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not like they did it out of being cruel or anything like that. It was a technique, right? And yeah, and I mean, things have changed, like, so much over the years. Even, like, you know, spanking used to be, like, well, it's okay as long as you're not being excessive and yeah, you're not, you know, whatever. Totally. And now it's like, mm, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, people you, will you call the that. police if they see you smacking, oh, yeah. spanking your kid in the parking lot or something like that. Hopefully, yeah. there's not a statute of limitations on that. You did pull my pants down and whoop my ass in a department store a couple times when I was being a real little asshole. I want to be clear that was totally my fault on that front. <laughs> I will just say my father's threat, threat to me from as young as I can remember till I was 18 was, do you want me to pull your pants down and spank you right here in front of everybody? And that works from the time you're two until you're 18 because at no time do you want that to You don't want your ass exposed to anybody, let's be honest. (laughs) It was a good good threat and he very rarely did actually spank me, but that was a real threat in my life for like I'll put you through a fucking wall like, no that was never a thing but it was do you want me to pull your pants down and spank you right here in front of everybody and when you're 16 you really do not want that <laughs> there's there's a cartoon called F is for Family that's based in the 70s I believe 74 is where it starts out and that's what the dad says all the time I'll put you through this fucking wall <laughs> and it always makes me laugh because he wears the same glasses that Papa wears and I'm just like <laughs> is that is that what Grandpa was like when he, no, when he was really was saying very the mild, kids <laughs> I mean I know I know but it just it makes me laugh (laughs) but yeah no that was a good threat um (laughs) i gotta get like animated grandpa young i will pull your pants down and whoop your ass right here man (laughs) (sighs) yeah but yeah i mean people are are oh or another one like the um how you lay your baby to sleep Mm, front back side that's a big you know i mean true when you were born oh Here's a story when you were born. So I'm still in the hospital with you. Yeah. And um, a nurse comes in and there's you're in the little, you know, plastic Rubbermaid container on wheels that they put babies in in the hospital. Yep. Next to me and this nurse comes in and she's like, oh, um, in this hospital we, we lay babies on their back to sleep. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So she puts you on your back. And then 10 minutes later another nurse comes in and says, oh, I prefer babies sleep on their stomachs and flips you over. And then Nurse One comes back in 10 minutes later and is like, um, I think I told you that we lay the babies on their back to sleep in this hospital and flips you back over. And I'm like, You're just fighting with another nurse lady. (laughs) I know. And then Nurse Two comes back in and she's like, um, I really don't, I know that back to sleep is a, is a thing now, but I don't agree with it. And so please put your baby on his stomach. And so I was like, listen, can you and the other nurse duke this out? Because you're, you're taking it out on my babies. baby and flipping her like a pancake. And <laughs> I'm going to flip dick. <laughs> but yes. And then with my second baby, um, a friend of mine who about 10 years earlier, before my second daughter was born, had uh, she had had a son and she had put him um, to sleep for the night on his back. And he threw up in his sleep and he choked and he died, which is very horrible. Yes. So I was a little bit panicked about that. <laughs> Fair. And you did have that incident where you woke up midair. Okay, this is what I was going to tell. So she was sleeping. She was only like, she was small, like one to two months old, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And, but I was doing like the back to sleep, but I was very like, I don't know. I was very uncomfortable with it just because of my friend's story about Mm -hmm. her her baby dying when he choked. And so, yeah, middle of the night one night, I, like, literally woke up midair, jumping out of the bed. Like, I woke up in the act of flying through the air, (laughs) landed on the ground, ran to her, uh, her crib where she was sleeping, picked her up, flipped her over scraped my hand across her face and she had thrown up and was choking and had stopped breathing 
and smacked her on the back and she coughed and cried and started breathing again and I have no idea still what instinct like she was in another room down a hallway there was not a baby monitor like there's no way I could have heard her just stop breathing mm-hmm. but that was exactly what was happening there she was had, a disturbance so force. after that I would wedge her on her side so that I was a halfway a happy medium not on her back, not I, on her front, and she's on her side, and I would wedge her so that she was I do see people side. now doing, like, the baby rolls, where they roll up blankets into, like, a, a long sausage, and then they wedge it, like, between the baby's legs, and then up and under their face, and then around their back, so they're in, like, a little donut, uh-huh. and you, like, make your own little wedgy guy, because I know they yeah. sell those, like, things. Yeah, I had a, a wedge thing, but the, yeah. I don't know if they make those anymore, because I think they discourage it, but you can also use bags of rice, because I did that, too, <laughs> when I was out of town and I forgot the wedge thing. That's funny. But, I mean, I have seen people, like, now doing that and, like, demonstrating how to, like, roll the blanket and, like, put it around your baby in videos and stuff. And, like, I saw this one that was so cute where she's like, okay, so you just roll it like this and then tuck it like this and rolls it around. And it's, like, it's like a little baby version of a pregnancy pillow. It's so Aww, cute, man. It's like a little it's baby origami with a baby in the Yeah. Room. And so she, like, puts the thing on and he immediately, like, snuggles his little face in and falls asleep. Aww. And it's like, he knows, man. He knows this is comfort <laughs> he central. Knows the sitch. <laughs> But, and I, you know, I think too that like with, with all that, the sort of expectations of all the things people are expected to do and provide for their kids now, True. that parenting has become very much like performance art almost, I want to mm, say, I you know, s- yeah. and it's, it's like, even with like social media and stuff like that, you know, it's rare that people post the picture of their kid turning purple and having a meltdown on the floor. They True. post the picture <laughs> of look at her with the bows and her hair that matches her shoes and her dress and she's picking flowers for grandma or whatever you know like I mean these picture perfect things it's very performancey or it's like here's my kid winning the trophy for the best soccer player on its team and here you know I don't know it's just it's fine not to put your kids in anything it's fine to just let them do whatever they want and not have them be in a million activities and stuff like that but it's very much like I have to do that and I have to show people that I'm doing that yes I mm, (laughs) I think it's weird to do the performative kind of thing and as all things in my life I can relate this back to an episode of Bob's Burgers uh, (laughs) where the kids get invited to a birthday party and it's like great Gatsby themed and the parents are just like taking pictures the whole time and the kid's just like I freaking hate this what kid wants a great Gatsby party (laughs) and so like the main Belcher kids are just like this party sucks this kid sucks I hate being here we're gonna put dirty socks in his present screw him and (laughs) then he's just like I hate doing this everything's just a photo op for them and the Belcher kids basically confront the other kids parents and are just like you're making his party terrible why do you think everything needs to be pictures and they're like everybody else is perfect when you go on the internet and everything is this family going on a beautiful ski vacation and this family swimming with the dolphins and this family <laughs> it's like you've got to brag at all times and and yeah and it's like this competition of who's the best parent we yeah. only eat organic food while I baby wear breastfeed yeah bed share with McKeltolin. Like I'm yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm the best. I'm the best at this. I'm the best yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the thing of like people feeling regret because they feel all that pressure and you know they feel like they're falling short. Yeah. And you can just it's fine to just like okay, like my daughter's eight, she is not in a single activity and she is happy that way. And the only thing she's ever been in is 
she did gymnastics for two two years maybe and she's old okay she's never gonna go to the olympics she does not have that sort of coordination or flexibility she's a bit tall even for eight which i don't care if she has fun i'm fine with it but there were people literally the first day with this group of five-year-olds saying we should take pictures what if one of these kids sits up at the olympics and i was like they're not gonna so have have you seen kid the drooling one like you know it's She's been stuck on a foam mat for the right. three classes <laughs> and hitting that other kid and it's like they can just go and have and you know as long as she wanted to do it and it was fun fine whatever mm-hmm. i don't expect her to become an olympic gymnast or anything like that well she did play soccer for half of one lesson that mm-hmm. was her other activity and she was i want to play soccer i want to play soccer and so i was like fine and i signed her up for soccer and she got through half of one class and then came over and said i don't want to do this anymore i need to leave and so i was like all right go tell the teacher that's always <laughs> was always my rule of if you want to quit you have to tell um however in the line of um parenting not being very realistic on the internet there is a trend now of showing pictures of how you sent your child to school and how they came home and it's honestly one of my favorite internet developments the way these kids freaking look like they've just been through a fucking marathon in these little clothes is hilarious their hair is like out at all angles some of those little girls with the textured hair is just like they go in beautiful like you know straightened plotted out hair and then it comes back and it's like full afro they have something's <laughs> happened like it's just so good man oh it's oh it's you. funny i did not send you this way yeah and they're all just like dirty shirts untucked there's like a green smear across a white shirt like it's uh it's so good man i honestly just look at them sometimes when i'm having a bad day it's really good i, I will say in support of having children it's funny every single day of your life <laughs> there is something funny every day kids are like very witty they're very smart they understand things that don't ex- that people like don't expect them to understand like mm-hmm. they're very they're constantly learning when people say they're little sponges they're not lying they're hilarious they're so clever but also th- oh man they're so dumb and that's the funniest fucking part it's just like <laughs> the stuff that comes out of their mouths where you're just like you know you have to look away laughing because it's it's you you will never be short on entertainment so when I was babysitting the other day, I don't like watching, like, The Cat in the Hat, or like, you know, if it's not TV shows that I watched when I was a child, I'm not interested, okay? It's very selfless of you. Well, some of them are just, they're really some of them bad now. Some painful. of them are really bad now. I'll watch some of them. Some of them are great, and some of them I personally watch, like, in my own time, because cartoons are ageless, and I will fight you. Um, Do you know what I find weird, though, is that, like, there are so many, like, not cartoon channel ones, but, like whatever treehouse channel disney Mm. channel kind of ones there are no cartoons that are just about a normal kid they if it's a kid they have some sort of magical ability Mm -hmm. and if they're normal they are an animal like it's not just a kid like there used to be like hey arnold and um you know like ed and eddie yeah, yeah. Like when you like were little, there was there was shows even Caillou. Although I hated Caillou, oh, but Caillou was I will was, not watch that. You loved it when you were a kid. I know, I know, I did. I have very deep memories it. of like I can remember entire episodes, kind of thing. You also love the Teletubbies, which just about made me want to claw my eyes out because they were whiners and they used no manners. Um, but <laughs> they're whiner babies. But there is like there's nothing out there now where it's just a, like a kid, and if it's a normal kid, like. Arthur, he's an aardvark. <laughs> it's the normal kid thing. 
but he's an animal. And yeah, or if you're a person, you have magical abilities. You turn into a, you know, a superhero when you put your pajamas on, or you become a fairy or whatever. So mm -hmm. shortcoming, window of opportunity for any cartoonists. Anyways, my terrible story. Yeah, um, go ahead. I hate a lot of children's cartoons now that are um, bad. The Cat in the Hat cartoon, it's bad. I'm, I'll argue. Um, <laughs> so I decided, like, I'm just going to find something that's, like, kind of mid-range and isn't terrible. And I was like, oh, The Simpsons is on. That's okay. It's not, like, wildly inappropriate. There might be, like, an innuendo joke here and there kind of thing. The jokes usually work on two levels, so it's yeah. for kids, but... And I turned it on, and it was an early season Simpsons episode, and I was like, okay, well, I'll try it out. Sometimes these jokes are a little more, like, forward in how adult they are. Mm -hmm. And, like, 30 seconds after I switched the channel to The Simpsons, Homer and Marge are fighting, and Homer goes, you can't sex-fire me, I sex-fire you! <laughs> and Nasa goes, that's not a word. And I was just like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it is not. You're so right. Oh, my God. I hope she, like, has that memory, and that's one of those moments she gets to, like, look back on and be like, ah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, with, with her, with my eight-year-old, I, when she was about, oh, I don't know how old she was, maybe four, I decided to start, I wish I'd done it younger, but keeping, a, like, a notebook where I write down things that she said, because you think you're going to remember them, because they're so funny at the time, but you forget. And I am still adding things into it, like when the other day when she told me in the dreamiest voice ever that when she grows up she wants to be a barista. Really? She told me the other day she wanted to be a kindergarten teacher or a YouTuber, and I had to show her the math on how many views you have to get on a YouTube video per day to make $40,000 a year, and she was like, oh, and I was like, mm, yeah, mommy works about 40 hours a week and daddy works about 48 hours a week, so YouTubers work around 60 to 80 hours a week doing video editing, recording, doing all the stuff relating to their videos, so that's more like a doctor working schedule. She's like, you might as well be a doctor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, well, she told me she wanted to be... And then Starbucks dreams. One day, can we go to a Starbucks? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. That's so, but anyways, I write all the stuff down that she says in this notebook, and with her age, and uh, it is hilariously funny <laughs> to go back and read stuff. And now my husband will be like, "Oh, write that in the book when okay, she says something," down. because yeah, <clears throat> endless source of entertainment. True. So that's in the pro kid camp. Um, in Canada, the birth rate has changed quite a bit. Uh, currently we're at a record all-time low fertility rate in Canada. Hmm. Basically the thing that's keeping us afloat population-wise is that our immigration has increased so drastically. And uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, is it by choice or just actual, like, people cannot have children? It's by choice. People are choosing to have children oh. later in life, to have right. fewer children. Maybe we're going to get into a uh, handmaid's tale situation. Hopefully not. That's actually what I thought immediately when I was like, oh yeah. no, low fertility rate. I saw those words yeah. and I was like, oh dip. <laughs> Whoa. Um, in 1972, the rate of births per woman was just under two, which was 1.998 births per woman. And in 2019, the rate was 1.47 births hmm. per woman in Canada. That's a whole half person. It is a whole half person. Um... The birth rate per 1,000 women was 16.183, and in 2021, the birth rate is 10.224 per 1,000. Hmm. So, like, 10-ish births per 1,000 people is, like, not a 
lot of births going like, on. Per year. I mean, no, or per like year, like in 2021, per 1,000 people that were of fertile age, I guess, in Canada. Yeah. Oh, 10 of them had. 10 out of every 1,000 people are having children. children. Okay. Well. Which seems very low. Yeah. Uh, Canadian women haven't met the population stability rate of 2.1 births per woman mm-hmm. since 1971. So since the year before you were born, we have Whoa. not met that stability. <laughs> You know, come on, limit and uh, immigration from Afghanistan. Yeah, immigration highs are what counteract that. Uh, People are just waiting longer to have kids. In 2020, the average age of a first time mom is 29 and a half years old. Hmm. Uh, It's six years uh, older than the average that was in 1959, which was 23.2. So it's it's gone up quite a bit. People are almost 30 when they're having their first kids a lot of times, and it's just... Well, I was 25 when I had my first one, and 41 when I had my last one. True. I actually, I figured out the other day when I, when me and my friends were video chatting and talking about who, who that we know from high school should not be having children, <laughs> and I basically was like, huh, my mom had me when she was 25, so I guess that means I would have to conceive, like within the next three weeks if I wanted to have a kid at the same age. And I was like, you know, I'm not interested. I feel like I'm too young. And I kind of had that moment where I was like, that's so weird. I'm like, right now, the age that you were when you were like, I'm going to have a child. I'm going to go molest a fertility statue and jump over some velvet ropes. It'll be fun. You might want to add some context. No, we're adding no context. Keep moving. statue behind some ropes velvet ropes at an exhibition and I jumped over the ropes and touched the statue she molested it a little she needed to get that good fertility magic seemed to have worked um Canadian women work more and are more educated now the rates uh in 1990 were that 14 percent of women were getting college degrees and now it's 40 yeah so I would imagine that would have a lot to do with it because in you know times past it was just the norm to have children get married have children stay home with them yeah now the norm is if you went to college it was for the good old mrs degree (laughs) and i would i would guess that now it's i wonder what the percentages are i bet it's rare to be just strictly a stay-at-home mother who who does that like and i mean you know like i'm just saying in my grandma's time Mm -hmm. that was what everybody did but now it would be very rare true for that to be the plan not that we don't end up there or whatever, but for that to just be going in, no, I'm not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, fertility in women under 25 has decreased significantly. In 1959, women ages 20 to 24 were most likely to give birth, and in 2019, this age group was the least likely to give birth. <laughs> it was 31.8 births per 1,000 in 2019 for that age group, and in 1959, that births per 1,000 was at 233.8. It has dropped significantly. That is a big difference. It's very low. Um, in 1959, 45% of women in this age range were first-time moms, while in 2019, people in the 20 to 24 age group are only first-time moms 14% of the time. Wow. It's much lower. Um women aged 30 to 34 are most likely to have children than any other age range right now in Canada and that uh, is it also includes the greatest percentage of first-time moms across all age groups so you're most likely to have kids in your early 30s now as a Canadian woman 
Um, also, what I found uh, an interesting statistic, in 2019 they found that 4.3% of all first-time mother mothers that were age 40 and over having their very first child would have multiple births, which is compared to 1.6% of first-time mothers that are under 40 years old. Huh. Apparently there is a hormone that like more gets released as you get older and it stimulates more than one egg being released, so you're more likely to have twins or triplets. Oh, I read a thing, too, that you're more likely to have a left-handed child if you have a baby after 40. Mm. I wonder what that's got to do with. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. COVID babies are super weird. (laughs) Thought I'd mention that. That's some weird stuff. I saw a kid that was, like, the kid's literally, like, 16 hours old. They're still in the hospital, and he's in that little plastic bassinet, and he's lifting his head up. They're a new frickin' breed, man. The amount of strength in these babies where they're, like, walking at, like, six months and, like, here I go, bitch! Oh, man, it's so crazy. People are just talking about, like, were the mothers relaxing more? Is it that we're all in a high-stress environment and they're just, like, built different now? Or, like, what's going on? I must be able to fend for myself by the time I'm eight months old. It's like they're all just, like, baby horses. They hit the ground and can run immediately. Jesus, it's super weird. Um... In comparison to other countries, Canada's birth rate of 10.224 right now compares to uh, Luxembourg, which is just above us at 10.407 births per thousand, and Latvia and Switzerland, which tie at 10.177, just under us. Um, Going up the list, we've got Hong Kong at 10.919 births per thousand, UK at 11.377, the US at 12.001. They're really hitting that even 12 in the US there. Um, Australia had 12.403, New Zealand 12.377, Guam is at 16.631, Saudi Arabia is at 16.631 as well, and Israel was at the very tippity top of the list at 19.539. Wow, that's a big difference. Yeah. It's like double. almost double yeah. how, how many uh, people are being <laughs> born up in here. And uh, way at the low end of the list, we have Italy at 7.272, Japan at 7.205, South Korea at 7.036, and Puerto Rico at the very bottom at 6.883. Hmm. It's interesting what cultural differences. I, mean, I would imagine, imagine that's all, all yeah. that's accounting for that, right? Is, is cultural differences, expectations, whatever. Mm-hmm. True. Um, COVID is causing a lot of people to push back their family planning. Mm, they, you know, wanted to have kids. Un- they, uncertainty. Yeah, and all that they plan to get married. They plan to do. I actually, I read an article a while ago where someone basically posed that, like you know when grandma was having kids when Gigi was having kids in older generations when bad things were happening to a country the government kind of stepped in they like you know they had taxes they made sure people were provided for they were kind of they were doing things there were assistance programs Mm -hmm. there was stuff going on but with COVID it's like we all got checks for a little while and there's not really like a sense of community and coming together and helping people because we can't right like that's the dangerous thing right now and so there's a different kind of air than it was in like there was more of a sense of like we need to band together as a country we need to like produce future generations that are happy and healthy and whatever because like governments were very invested in that in like war times when there was threats of nuclear strike and stuff they were very invested in making sure that people had social assistance programs Mm -hmm. and were provided for properly and now that's like 
I don't know, not a concern. Yeah, it's weird. I, well, and I would imagine just there's, just because of the nature of it, there's a individual sense of, like, instability mm-hmm. and being unsure about, you know. Yeah, because it's not like going on. It's not a threat of like general war, general nuclear strike. It's that the nuclear strike might be within your own family and right. it could be devastating, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it was an interesting um, kind of parallel to draw that the government used to, you know, kind of step in and mm-hmm. assist when there were things happening countrywide, yeah. but now it's not really a thing that happens, and if it does, it's like, it's charity, you're taking handouts <laughs> kind of behavior yeah. for a yeah. lot of people. Right. Well, I'm Which, okay. I'm okay how very American of you. Bumping up the uh, <laughs> population with immigration. I also have written down here, old people want me to have kids so bad, but I got born right at the end of the fuck around century only to live my whole life in what's clearly the find out century. <laughs> accurate um (laughs) anyways older women are just having fewer kids um they're they're just having fewer kids later in life and that's just you know that's how it's going um a lot of those women feel that the extra years with no kids helps them be better parents they're Mm -hmm. they have more experience they're more able to pass on knowledge they you know have they have more life experience. Yeah. They don't have such a, you know, trigger temper. They're more patient. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they have more stuff going on. Um, <clears throat> also, what I'd like to mention, there are other ways of becoming parents, not just um, birthing. <laughs> True. Um, we did mention adoption. I do have cousins that are adopted. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Um <laughs> Around 20,000 children in Canada are considered permanent wards of the state, which Hmm. means that they can't be given back to their families. They're not, you know, it's not a situation where they're trying to place those kids back with their families, which is always the initial goal when children are removed from their homes. Um, And a lot of times children aren't removed from their homes when CPS gets called, and even if there is a bad situation, they want to tell you how to fix it. That's what they really want. They want you to be able to care for your own children, but even so, around 20,000 children in Canada are considered permanent wards. Um, Each year, only around 1,200 kids are adopted from Canada, but around 2,000 adoptions happen externally. So those people are adopting from China, they're adopting from Africa, they're adopting from Taiwan, they're adopting whatever, whatever. They're adopting from other countries rather than from Canada, Hmm. which is weird. Well, I wonder if that's to do with, like, that if you adopt from another country, you're more likely to get a a baby Mm, versus maybe maybe a four-year-old, eight-year-old, whatever. 62% of children in foster care in Canada are under 14, though. Hmm. That's more than half. I mean, I would wager that you could at least, like, have a toddler, you know? Like, yeah. Hmm. Um... In 2011, for the very first time, the census counted the children in foster care to find out how many of them were there, and that number at that time was 47,885 children. Um, Like I said, around 62% are age 14 and under. In seven provinces or territories, children, quote, age out at age 16 and are no longer considered protected by the government. 16? 16. Uh, some provinces have that at 18 or 19, and provincially it seems like you can have, like, individual foster programs that do keep you to the age of majority mm-hmm. kind of thing. And there are also programs that are outside of those things. It's third-party groups outside of provincial government systems that 
support people well, after that would be good, because it's not like you can system. go rent an apartment when you're 16 yeah and I, I mean I assume that that's kind of what it is and that in those age out things you kind of return to like being a ward of the state kind of until you're the age of majority I would mm-hmm. have to assume that that's how it is um, disabled children are eligible for protection until they're 19 great glad you're protecting kids with down syndrome until they're 19 and then you're kicking them out <laughs> and then um, over the door what a terrible time to be alive um, in Canada, 48% of children in foster care are Aboriginal, while Aboriginal people only account for 4.9% of the Canadian yeah. population. Yeah, there's something going on there, for um, sure. When you look at the individual province rates for how many of the kids in foster care are Indigenous, it is really sad. We need to do better for supporting those communities. Mm-hmm. It's really, really not good. Like, the Yukon and stuff it looked like the rate was 100%. And, like, 100% of the kids in the Yukon are from Indigenous groups. There's something going on. Like, yeah. what, yeah. what is not being provided in those communities that's making every child be taken, basically, like right? that? Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah. The, you know, something, something needs to be done. Something very wrong there. We're clearly falling short of something there. Um, when children are expelled from foster care... Um, they're not ready to be independent and forcing them to be independent before you're ready can be very detrimental uh when canada surveyed 24 year old canadians it was found that 15 percent of those canadians didn't complete a high school education 13.8 percent are unemployed 6.4 are pregnant or unwed parents and 5.5 are on government assistance whereas youth from foster care systems at 24 had a 50% rate of not graduating, a 50% unemployment rate, a 60% rate of being pregnant or unwed, and a 30% rate of being on public assistance. Well, something is also going wrong there. Something clearly needs to be done with our social assistance programs. Like, I'm glad that we have them, period. I'm glad that we're not just leaving children out in the cold to freeze to death or whatever. They're not all living on the streets when they're eight years old. Yeah. But... But something's not right. We need there, to obviously. we need to clearly be doing better than we this are. This is just making it's me want to adopt just a teenager. Not that, or I something. know, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, anyone who's known me for long periods knows that I really like kids. I wanted to be a preschool teacher. I wanted to be a high school science teacher for a while. Like those were like the dream jobs. I wanted to teach kids and interact with children, and you know, be around people that are under eighteen. I they're funny. They're hilarious. They're so witty. I like the idea of molding young people into wonderful adults and what have you and anyone who's known me since my childhood has probably heard me say basically since I was probably around eight-ish why would I want to have kids when there's so many babies in the world that want to be loved Mm -hmm. and like that was just like a thing that I had from like a very young age where I was like why why would I want to have my own baby when there's so many other babies in the world that want families and they want to be loved and they want a mom and stuff and mm-hmm. it's just like I was a kid and I was just like <laughs> this is the opinion everybody <laughs> this is it this is the end all be all opinion of all the opinions and I mean like I still stand by that yeah kids need families and like I would probably adopt adoption is great I have a dream of having like a wonderful giant house where I can just foster all of the like older teenagers that aren't gonna get fostered and adopted mm-hmm. and then I can adopt them and then I can just have 30 people come for Christmas every year and it'll be great <laughs> Ooh, like Glenn on Superstore yeah exactly <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be Glenn on Superstore that's the dream a little less Christian but Glenn on Superstore <laughs> I won't, I won't be as upset when I'm not allowed to say grace over random things. Um, <laughs> kids are great. Mm-hmm. Educating them is very important. Uh, we need better school. We need better assistance programs. <laughs> yep. 
uh, maybe some more hands-on parenting in some cases. <laughs> I see sure. some stuff on the internet that really begs whether or not these children are supervised at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's this thing right now, uh, I think it's called shifting, that's very popular in the like young teenagery kind of groups, where basically they don't understand what lucid dreaming is, so when they have a dream that they're in Harry Potter world where they can move around, they think they've entered a different dimension. Hmm. Okay. That seems like some next-level idiocy that should be whacked out <laughs> around 11. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, imagination is great, but that's next level. I see people genuinely arguing where they're like, I'm afraid that if I shift back into the Harry Potter school where I've been going, then it's gonna go really bad because I accidentally beat up Draco the last time I shifted there, and now he's dead, and I'm, like, kind of wanted for murder there. And they, like, really feel like they've actually murdered someone, and people are like, but they actually murdered a guy. Like, it's really serious. And I tried to look into it, like, is this, like, deep sarcasm? Is this a meta? A joke is uh -huh. this like something I'm not quite like yeah. getting the punchline to and it's just it's supposed to be a silly thing but it doesn't seem like it and that kind of concerns me <laughs> that seems concerning it's called lucid dreaming it happens sometimes yeah great that you can do it not a lot of people can it's only happened to me a couple times I but know, but I love what I do it's the most fun thing ever. I've, I've only lucid dreamed twice and I've only had sleep paralysis once but I vividly remember the sleep paralysis because I remember me I was probably like eight or nine and you were screaming at me to get up because I did not want to get up in the morning for school that was just a usual thing but in this particular instance I could not and also could not communicate that I could not get up <laughs> good times being a child is very fun <laughs> but yeah maybe some more hands-on parenting in some of those cases some of the stuff I see online well very weird like I did a lot of dumb shit as a kid but the amount of dumb shit people are posting on the internet and thinking it's okay to just be there forever we gotta have a talk with those kids, like, there's something going on. Maybe you should have to, like, take a class or something before yeah. you, like, you know, even when you're pregnant, about... I mean, I have this thought a lot of, like, there should be some form of, like, test of, like, you know, are you ready to be a parent kind of testing. But when I think about it for more than about 23 seconds past the age of 14, then I'm like, that is just open up the door for a lot of eugenics, isn't it? Um, well, and also, like, what if you don't pass the test? Hand over your baby? Well, yeah. I, I would assume that it's, like, a step in family planning kind of thing. Sure. <laughs> pre, pre the consummating yeah. baby situation. <laughs> um... Yeah, but there's some dumb shit being posted on the internet. Like There always is. It, kids always be doing dumb shit. That's not a new thing. But posting it on the internet for it to just exist forever, that's a new thing. And you yeah. gotta... Yeah. I... There was a guy that they brought to our high school who was like an internet crimes guy. And he's like, look, mm -hmm. the stuff that you're sending on Snapchat, I can just get a warrant for. And I can see everything. Like, I want to be super clear that the things you're sending on the internet are not private. private. They're yeah. not secret. They're not whatever. Like, I can see them. The cops can see them. Anyone who has a, like, relative level of technical knowledge could probably see them if they wanted to. Like, it's, you know, it's all kept in databases. It's all there. And it's just like... It's burned into my brain forever, and still, before I post anything, I just think, like, I just think about his thing of, like, if you wouldn't take what you're about to post and directly hand it to your grandmother to show her, <laughs> then don't put it on the put internet. There. <laughs> Which, I mean, might be bad advice for all the internet sex workers out there now, but... <laughs> <Yee>. <laughs> but, I mean, realistically, it's safer than, like, IRL sex work. Sure. Posting pictures is a little less, um murdery then hopefully so 
working outside. <clears throat> um, cringe culture is dead, but also maybe don't post that on the internet. <laughs> um, kids are weird and dumb, but also very, very funny, and that's really yes. the basis of why yes. everyone should uh, at least be around children every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you need to have kids. You can be the fun aunt or the fun uncle. True. Also acceptable. Um, but yeah, they can just, they can be so funny, but just so, so dumb. There's a real lack of critical thinking of a lot of kids <laughs> now, and that really needs to be dealt with. <laughs> um, maybe adopt. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And lots of kids in the foster care system in Canada and what have you. Um, tweens are dead. <laughs> Apparently teenagedom does not exist anymore and you go directly from child to teenager and there's no in between. Huh. Okay. The blue eyeshadow, overplucking your eyebrows, wearing weird rubbed tank tops that you think look really good on you, shopping at Justice and Please Mom, it's all over, man. I'm it's over. Okay with that. I am too. It honestly was not a good time for anybody. No. The the makeup situation that goes on in the teenage years, no one should revisit that. It's not good. It's not good for anyone. No. Um, making sure your kids meet all the milestones and also don't turn into little shit heathens is really difficult. So anyone who's doing that, like, and doing a decent job, way to go. I'm super mm -hmm. proud of you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really and hard. It's okay to not like your children in those last teenage years. <laughs> True. <laughs> because that's what those years are for so that you start to not like them so that when they're ready to leave nest. home you're okay with it if you really liked them through that whole thing you'd never want them to leave and so yeah that's what those years are for then them being be jerks and you thinking i can't stand this person and i can't wait till they leave my house then maybe you'd have a kid that made several bad choices stacked on top of each other and then they're 30 years old and you still do their laundry I'm not talking about anyone in particular and definitely not anyone who's related to me <laughs> and allegedly everybody um, <laughs> you know because you do like them again but yeah there's a time where they're really irritating yeah that's that is the way it's supposed to be it's okay that's why they uh, you know there's things that are um expressed through humor such as uh, Valium being mother's little helper and mm -hmm. wine being liquid patience. I do you see a lot of that stuff. I do think that that's a weird thing though. Like there's a culture around moms having so much on their plate and doing so much that they need to like be an alcoholic to deal with their children and marriage. And I like I get that the message is like oh mommy needs a little pick me up just like daddy needs beer. But the real message I'm getting is my husband is so bad at picking up the slack that I'm basically a single parent of all my children plus one because he also exists and doesn't do anything for himself yeah. and I need to go into an alcoholic stupor so that I have to not think about how terrible my it, life is it's a while. Weird, there's a weird connotation going on there a weird acceptable thing there's a weird connotation right. with wine mom going on that isn't there for vodka and right. um, <laughs> or crack uncle true um, lying to kids so that they don't know stuff till later is hilarious and everybody should do it. A hundred percent recommend. Mm -hmm. My best friend thought bats were made up animals for Halloween till she was 13. So 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> highly, highly recommend. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's so many stories on the internet of people being like, 
I was 30 years old and I said some dumb shit in response to somebody during a conversation and that was when I learned my dad lied to me when I was eight years old and I had to text him and tell him he was an idiot. And I just assumed that was true all this yeah. time. You had no reason to question it and therefore that was just what was the reality. Yeah. And I mean, that happens a lot in kid brains where you don't even ask the question no, and you just make you? up your own reality. I mean, for a very long time I thought that like the you may now kiss the bride and then people kissed at weddings that was what made babies. Like, I was convinced as a child that that was what made babies. So I was, like, very confused when I saw people who, one, weren't married kissing. I had a very Duggar mind there. Don't kiss before marriage. It's not allowed. Side hugs, maybe. Um, <laughs> and I just, like, I was very, like, this is weird. And I remember one time I saw my older cousin kiss his girlfriend, and I said to my aunt, why is that okay? What if what if they had babies? Because in my head, that's just how babies were made, and I was right, so I didn't need to ask any more questions. Right. And she goes, well, sometimes teenagers do have babies before they're ready, and I was just like, what? <laughs> but I th I thought that, like, you may now kiss the bride was kind of like magic words, and maybe, like, I don't know. I just... I <laughs> Kid brains well, are you know, freaking hilarious. We do tell children that a magical fairy is going to come and take their teeth for unknown reasons. Nobody ever it's knows why. It's the mouth bone fairy. And, uh... They go with it. Um, I made a list of what I think of when I think about childhood. I think about um, band and choir class because I was a very music-centric child mm -hmm. and that was where a lot of shenanigans took place. Band and choir people are like band nerd and choir geek. Yes, we've all heard it before, but also like they're some of the weirdest freaking people, honestly. Like that, that's a weird group. That's a, and I say that lovingly as somebody who took band from grade six to 12 and someone who took choir from grade like four to 12. So, um, I also think about summer camp, mm -hmm. also a highly relevant point in my childhood. I think about the Grinch <laughs> because of our elementary school doing the Grinch as the Christmas pageant mm -hmm. one year, where that was like the Christmas concert we put on, yeah. where the grade six, seven class memorized all of the lines to the Grinch and then the rest of the classes acted out the scenes as they were reciting their lines at a microphone at the corner of the stage mm -hmm. and my best friend walked up to that microphone started saying her lines and her dyslexic ass forgot where she was going in the middle of that sentence just like poof it's gone and she just stands there for like half a second and goes shit directly into that microphone in front of a room full of kindergarten to seventh graders all their parents their grandparents every teacher we've had since kindergarten and then she looks at the room and realizes what she's just said and goes hmm fuck <laughs> and then walks away from the microphone burned into my memory and i still think about that when i think about just my childhood in general a shining moment for my fifth grade self <laughs> I also think about how weird TV was when I was a kid, and also about how weird commercials were. Mm. I read an article a while ago about that, actually, about how commercials for a while in, like, the early 2000s kind of area started getting very surrealist and weird, because basically things wouldn't catch people's attention if it wasn't like that, and that's how we ended up with, like, the Gushers commercial where kids' heads turned into giant CGI fruits and oh. stuff, and it's burned I, into my skull forever. I can't even look at those. I know, they're very uncomfortable. When body parts do things they're not supposed to. <laughs> But there are, like, some commercials like that where it's, like, they're in my head forever and they're constantly going to be associated with my childhood. Billy Mays will always be, like, a part of my childhood. Vince doing the slap chop, you're going to love my nuts, is always going to be a part of my childhood. The frickin' piracy commercial, you wouldn't steal a car, you wouldn't steal a woman's handbag. <laughs> 
burned in my head forever. By the way, did you know that the music for that commercial was pirated? <laughs> they, they stole that music, by the way. <laughs> I found that out the other day and it made me laugh. But like, those, like, I think about very weird things when I think about my childhood. Just like a strange collage, just yes. like an amalgamation of like very odd things. Yeah. It's weird the things that I like imagined as like the building blocks to my personality, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's just such a, like, strange, like, you know, when you watch Inside Out, Riley's got that very nice, concise park of all her things going on. Mine's just, like, <laughs> thrown over there. <laughs> Not a lot of cohesiveness going on. It's just kind of there. <laughs> so, should you have kids? We don't know. But Up to some, you, I guess, is really some, the consensus. <laughs> those are some thoughts. And, uh... Maybe adopt. Maybe foster. Right. Maybe get a dog. Maybe plan ahead. Mm, maybe plan ahead. 50% being unplanned seems like mm, a high number. A bit high yeah. for 2020. <laughs> yeah. All right. 20 zones. I think that's all we have to say about that. Enjoy your childrening. Mm-hmm.